0: Well, good morning, and this is the Midweek Devotional for March the 31st. Uh, Today is Holy Wednesday. It is the end of the financial first quarter, and it is also the last day of work for my dad. My dad is a really hard worker, and he has worked um, his tail off in several different industries to provide for his family. And I'm very grateful to the Lord uh, for my dad, and I wish him All the best on today, the last day of his work. Well, today's midweek devotional is brought to you by bottled water. If you're looking for a great way to hydrate yourself and then to destroy your computer, please check out your local retailer for a bottle of water. This last Sunday, I was back up at the church doing a little work in the afternoon and proceeded to knock over a bottle of water onto my laptop. Uh, I hurried down to Pensacola Monday when it would not turn on and received word yesterday that (laughs) the technician (laughs) opened it up, he looked at it, and then closed it immediately back up because it is dead. So anyway, uh, it's a good week to lose your computer. The Lord is gracious, uh, kind, and merciful, and Lord willing, I'll be getting a new computer soon. Let's pray. Uh, So, Father, we thank you for uh, this week, this holy week, uh, this week in which we mark the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. Uh, Father, I pray that as we look at your word, that you would work in our hearts by your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus, amen. Well, today, I want to talk about uh, the message that comes to us, the authoritative good news message. Notice the gospel that comes to us because of what Christ accomplished in his life, in his life of obedience, in his death, and that he would receive in his body the due penalty for our sin, that he would pay the price for our sin, and the fantastic news that he did not stay in the grave. By the way, we will be having a Monday Thursday service ...tomorrow, Thursday, April the 1st, and we do invite you to come. It's at 5.30 here at the church. We'll be observing the Lord's Supper as we talk about the betrayal of Christ... ...as well as uh, this glimpse that we get of Him in the garden... ...when the um, soldiers come, led by uh, Judas, who has been taken over by Satan we get a glimpse of who he is, that he is the great I am. It's just a phenomenal passage from John 18. Because of what he accomplished, uh, we have really good news that is reported to us in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, uh, and I want to walk through some of these verses with you today. <clears throat> I'm going to begin at 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17. I'm going to go through 21. That's the end of the chapter, and then I'm going to back up and we're going to Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. We implore you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. For our sake, he made him to be sin, who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So, I want to encourage you this week as we get close to Easter I want to encourage you to intentionally be an ambassador for christ you know there are cycles to life and easter time is one of those times in which people who generally have no connection to a church or might have a peripheral connection to a church are more open to an invitation to church who are more open to talking about uh, jesus you know we joke uh, about priesters right people who just come at Christmas and Easter well you know that that's not a, a good way to live I want to say that but I, I will say that if you know some of those people I encourage you to reach out to them this week and encourage them to come Sunday to our church or to uh, whatever church you go to if you're listening to this from from a different uh, town um, there are cycles of life, but there's also a cycle of life that's, that's different for us this year, and that's COVID, especially as the numbers in our county and our state have plummeted. Praise be to God. People have been long away from the church. Many have used the COVID situation as an excuse not to go to church, and this is a great time to invite them back. It's kind of like, <clears throat> you know, once, once a month we get a full moon, I remember during hunting season, I went hunting uh, during a full moon, which by the way is not the best time to go hunting, I'm told, and going out early one morning and not needing my flashlight. Why? Because the moon was so bright and it was so clear. You have these seasons in which things are brighter. Things are more easily seen. And, and I think, my friends, that Easter time, it, you get a little more glimpse. We're, we're, we're invited to have a closer glimpse of the gospel of Jesus Christ, of what he has done for us as we focus on this most important moment really in all of history, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Savior. Uh, so there's a full moon going on right now. Actually, I think that's true actually outside. I think I saw a full moon yesterday. Of the, I could be mistaken. But spiritually, there's a bit of a full moon. People are looking for community, They're looking for connection. They're looking for answers. So I encourage you to be an ambassador. So let's look at this. How can we be an ambassador right now this week during Holy Week? Verse 17 tells us that first, we have been made qualified to be an ambassador. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Well, What does this mean? few things. One, when we read that if anyone is in Christ, this is language of being a Christian. This is called union with Christ. When we are saved, we are united to Christ in that what he has done for us is applied to us. We are now identified no longer by our sin, no longer by our rebellion, but as the father looks at us, he sees us through the identity of his son and applied to us is his perfect life of obedience applied to us, as we are united to him, we see that uh, his uh, uh, sacrificial death on the cross, where our sins were paid for, that, that is applied to us as the Holy Spirit unites us to Christ. And so throughout Paul's epistles, especially when we see uh, the Holy Spirit use this language, anyone who is in Christ, in him, in Jesus, this is, this is talking about our salvation. So anyone who is a Christian, because we are united to Christ, what do we read? He is a new creation or a new creature. And praise be to God. Right? As we think about before, who we were before Christ, before we were converted to, to how we are now. now. Now, I'm not saying, by the way, that our lives are perfect, that we have no sin, that we don't struggle, uh, that there aren't seasons of real mess in our lives, seasons of running in seasons of fierce temptation and trials. that That's not what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that we have gone from dead to alive. Well, we have gone from being a rebel against God to a servant, an adopted son of God. Uh, and this is because of what God has done in us through Jesus Christ, applied to us by the Holy Spirit. And we are, we are new. We are new. The second part of that verse says, The old has passed away. Praise be to God. So what is this talking about? We can think about it in, our, in the sense of our old nature. Right? We, we are still sinners, but in the sense that we were uh, opposed to God, that we were following the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, according to Ephesians chapter 2. Or Romans chapter 6 where it says that we were indeed slaves to sin and that our old master was indeed Satan himself that that whole nature that whole old identity has passed away we can look at this too and that our sin has been paid for. And my friends, that's not just the sin that we committed before we became believers. That is also the sin that we have done since we've become believers. That that, that old record, the, the fact that we were guilty before God, that has now changed. We are no longer who we once were. You know, one of the big topics right now in our culture is that of uh the lgbtq agenda uh and and i'm not going to get into all of that today there's so much to be said there uh but but one of the things i do want to hint hit upon is the idea that if you struggle with uh some sort of sin whether it's a sexual sin like this or or with uh, any sin right Uh, if you struggle with uh, being a gossip or being a Um, an adulterer or whatever that is. The world right now would say that if you struggle with that, that is your identity. Well, as Christians, we are not identified by anything except the Lord Jesus Christ, period, full stop. You may struggle with some sin. We all struggle with sin. Whatever that particular sin that you really have to fight day in and day out, My friends, before, we were identified by that sin. That's who we were, right? But no longer. If we are in Christ, we are no longer identified by those things. We are only identified by the fact that we are in Christ. The old situation, the old creature, the old nature has passed away. Behold, the new has come. Praise God. Right, So we are in this season in which the kingdom of God has come, and it is coming, and it will come. We call this the now and the not yet. The now and the not yet. Right, We are new. We have a new relationship with God. We are no longer declared guilty. We're no longer under his wrath and curse. We now have God as our Abba, Father. That's just staggering that we have been adopted by the great I Am, the one who created the heavens and the earth, the sea and the dry land, and all that is in them. The one who set the 300 sextillion stars in their courses above. The one who orders all his creatures and all their actions. The one who is in charge of history. And the one who is our judge. Wow, I got sidetracked. Um, That's phenomenal. Praise be to God. We have this new relationship with, uh, with God because we are a new creation. The new has come. And yet, we still struggle daily with sin. Right? We still daily struggle with sin, but we are hurtling towards the day, whether upon our death or the return of Christ, whichever one comes first, in which, in which that will no longer be the case. Man, I, I yearn for the day where we no longer struggle with sin. And one day the final new creation will come. And we're a bit of a, uh, a taste of what is to come, even as Christ was the first fruits of those who be raised from the dead. <laughs> all right. So uh, we have been qualified to be ambassadors this week. Your life is imperfect, mine is too. That does not mean that we aren't qualified to be ambassadors. Now, that's an excuse to live in sin. Uh, we are not to be hypocritical, all those things are true. But what I'm saying is, if you are a Christian, you are qualified to be an ambassador. So in verse 18, we have here uh, three things. We have the source. Uh, we have the change that has happened to us. Uh, and we have the instrument of, of how this So I I did those out of order. First, we have the source where this came from. To the instrument, how this was done, and third, the change that has been that has happened to us. Verse eighteen. All this is from God. Okay, that is the source. Where has this come from? It is from God, which means that we have not recreated ourselves. We are new creatures. uh, Creatures. uh, We are new creations in Christ, and this is not something that we have done for ourselves. I was listening to uh, an interview this weekend of a. Uh, Chinese Christian who is an activist uh, lives here in America, who is leading the charge to uh, bring to light all the persecution of Christians in China under their evil, terrible Premier Xi Jinping. And he was talking about there's just this phrase that really stuck out at me and said, "Who who is the only one that is able?" Or qualified, has the ability, who has the authority to make something new, except the Creator. Only the Creator, the one who created it in the first place, he is the only one who is able to remake something, to make a a new creation. And so all of this is from God. Now, this is the staggering news that we get partially from Easter is that what do we deserve? What do we deserve from God, who is the judge? who is the one to whom, against whom we have sinned daily in thought, word, and deed, uh, apart from the sin that we have inherited, the original sin and guilt that we have inherited from Adam. But we deserve what happened to Christ on the cross for all of eternity, and yet this fantastic news and this recreation, it comes from the very one against whom we have sinned. Praise be to God. That, that's the source of what has happened to us. But but how? What's the instrument? or we, rather we should say, who is the instrument? So all this is from God, verse 18. "Who, God, through Christ, reconciled us to himself. How did this happen? It was from God. He had to do it. We could not do it ourselves. There's nothing we could do to recreate ourselves. We were the problem. God had to initiate it. He had to do it. How did he do it? He did it through Christ through Christ, through what he did upon the, in his uh, birth, life, death, burial, and resurrection. It is only through Jesus. We were in such dire straits that the only thing that could lead to our recreation was that God himself had to come to earth, suffer and die, and be raised on the third day. That's how serious it was. But he has accomplished this. God has accomplished this through his son, Christ, the Messiah, the second person of the Trinity. And what has he done? He has reconciled us to himself. So here's the thing. When we read of reconciliation, it means that there was previously hostility. There was previously a problem that had to be dealt with. I love the language of 1 Peter 3.18. For Christ also suffered... Once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous. Who is righteous here? Christ. Who is the unrighteous? We are. Once for sins, the righteous for the unrighteous, that he might bring us to God. There was hostility. There was wrath and justly deserved towards us by God. Why? Because we have transgressed his law. You have transgressed his law. You have sinned. I have sinned. And something had to be done in order for there to be reconciliation, in order for there to be a healing, in order for there to be um, a making of peace. And the only way that we can be reconciled is if the, the, the offending things were dealt with. The offending things were our sins. So how did God reconcile himself to us through Christ? By pouring out on his son his wrath that we might receive the cup of God's blessing. All right, so in verse 18, we have the source comes from God. How did he do it? the instrument? Through Christ. And three, now we have a charge, a charge to us. All right, there's a change in a charge here. Uh, so we've been changed in that we've been reconciled to God. Okay, and then in verse, into verse eighteen, and gave us the ministry of reconciliation. Okay, so we have been reconciled to God, and now we have been given the ministry of reconciliation, which means we go and tell others about Jesus. Now, note we are not reconciling people to God; we cannot do it. Christ is the only one who does it. Instead, we have the ministry of telling others about the reconciliation that is possible through Jesus Christ. And my friends, what a great time for this to be upon our lips, the week of Holy Week. Do you have friends who don't go to church? Do you have friends who need to hear the the good news of Jesus for the first time? Do you have friends whom you've always been afraid, or neighbors to say, hey, why don't you come with me to church? Man, what a a great... uh, What a great time to to do that this this Easter, this week. All right, so we've been given this ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, we have more information about what has happened. I'm not going to go phrase by phrase in 19, but let me read it. That is, in Christ Jesus, or excuse me, in Christ, God was reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses against them, and entrusting to us the message of reconciliation. There's a lot there. But for the sake of time, I'm going to go on to verse 20. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ, God making his appeal through us. All right, so what is our status? Now, Paul is writing as an apostle, and he was he had a special status as an ambassador of Christ, as an apostle with that authority that came with it that is different from our authority as ambassadors. Uh, apostles were a one-time office during the first century. They were um, instruments of God's special use uh, of writing the Word of God, of, de- of, of declaring the Word of God authoritatively uh, through new revelation as the Holy Spirit worked through them. This is why we have the New Testament. And that, that office died out with the apostles in the first century. So we might call them capital A ambassadors, but my friends, you and I are lowercase ambassadors. Therefore, we are ambassadors. Who are we ambassadors for? For Christ. Now, let me ask you something. Um, how can you tell, if you went to the UN and no one had their nameplates on, everybody was behind a curtain so you could not see them, how would you, how would you determine who they were an ambassador for. Well, you might be able to tell through their accent if you heard them through the curtain, uh, through their language, right? That would be a good thing. But ultimately, it's going to be the message that they proclaim, right? If if you're going to talk to the uh, ambassador for Iran, how are you going to tell that that's really him? Uh, Well, he's going to be speaking a particular language, but he's also going to be advancing whose interest, the interest of his country. As we look at our lives, how do we live? If people around us, if we ask them, do I act more like an ambassador for God's kingdom or my own? What would they say? That's a scary question. So often I'm only really interested in advancing my own interest of my own little fiefdom, my own little kingdom, my own self-interest and my own selfish and prideful um, concerns and interests, right? But as Christians, as new crea- new creations, new creatures, the old has passed away, right? We've no longer, um, we're no longer to live for ourselves. We're actually told this up in, this is one of my favorite verses, I, I was confessing my own sin last week with, with this, Verse, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 15. I'm talking about Christ, and he died for all. Those who live might no longer live for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. Let me say that again. Who live so that we might live no longer for themselves, but for him who for their sake died and was raised. My friend, so often I live for myself, and I am only seeking to advance advance as an ambassador of my own little kingdom and own little interests; those things which further those things. But rather, as new creations in Christ, as new creatures in Christ, we are instead ambassadors for Jesus. And therefore, we are to bear an authoritative message that is not our own. An ambassador has no authority on his own except that which is given by his sending uh, country. Uh, He is given instructions about what is what he is to do, what he is to say, how he is to act around other people and, and the message that he's meant to spread. And so this is what we have as Christians. whose message do we share? It's not our own. The message we share is this ministry of reconciliation. that God is in fact making his appeal through us. How does God make his appeal to people? He does it through his people. That's how how he does it. Last week, we got to go to DeSoto Caverns uh, in Childersburg, which is a phenomenal place, by the way. If you haven't been there before, you should save your pennies, and my friends do, indeed, save your pennies, uh, and and go up there sometime. It's a fantastic place, and and my kids are are great ages. And, And as we looked up at these caverns, they were just phenomenal, these stalactites and stalagmites. A um, you know, stalagmite is one that holds tightly to the roof, right? That's that's how they told us to remember those things. And a stalagmite is something that might grow up to the ceiling. It's a helpful way to remember that. But as I was thinking about how did God make those things, He did it through the means of water uh, eroding away that soft rock and calcium coming down and forming the uh, formations as they went back up to the roof. God did it, but he did it through means. God is in the business of saving people. How does he do it? He does it through means. The primary way he does it is through the preaching and the reading of his word and by it being communicated by his people, Not, not ministers necessarily, you, an ambassador, by us going out and bearing that authoritative message that there is salvation for sinners like you and me. God uses means. Verse 21, this is the message. This is, this, is, this is a phenomenal summary of what Christ did at the cross. Verse 21, for our sake, he, this is God, made him, Jesus, to be sin, who knew no sin. So what did God do? He placed upon his son sin, our sinful record, in such an extent that he is identified by the very thing that is upon him, Right? For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin. He was perfect. He had never sinned before. He had never tasted sin. So that in him, in Christ, we might become the righteousness of God. Praise be to God. What is required for salvation is complete, 100% righteousness. This righteousness cannot come from us. It must be received. It must be accounted to us. The theological word is imputed to our account. And this is what happens at the cross. Christ received our sin, paid for our sin, that we might receive the record of his righteousness. Oh, my friends. What a great week. Holy week. As we gather tomorrow night uh, for Maundy Thursday service, April 1st, 530 here at First president It'll be online as well. And then as we gather uh, on Easter morning, as we celebrate the empty tomb, my friends, would you consider being an ambassador for Christ this week? Even if you identified one person, one cashier at Walmart or Piggly Wiggly, one neighbor, one friend, one stranger. Hey, if do you have a church home? If not, we'd love for you to worship with us Sunday. Or, or, hey, are you going anywhere for church on Sunday morning for Easter? Or, or did you know that Sunday is Easter? We'd love for you to come and join us and come to our house afterwards for a meal. That'd be a great way to to invite folks. Let's pray. Lord, help us to be better ambassadors for you. May this um, authoritative message of reconciliation be upon our lips. In the name of Jesus, amen.